Today, in, in, in the day that, today is the day that we, as United Methodists, acknowledge and celebrate the baptism of our Lord and Savior. Baptism is God's gift of unmerited grace through the Holy Spirit. It is incorporation into Christ, which marks the entrance of each person into the church and its ministry. The baptismal creed calls us to personal growth in faith, community growth, and responsible living. Through this outward expression of faith, we commit our lives to God and to the community of God. This marks the beginning of a new life, which is a life in Christ. As we examine our text in Matthew chapter 3, you will come to understand that this story of Jesus' baptism represents the beginning of his ministry. And it serves as an example for us to follow as we fulfill the mission of the church. What is our mission? What is the mission of the United Methodist Church? Spread the love of Jesus. <laughs> our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That is the mission of the United Methodist Church, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So with that being said, I would like to speak to you just for a few moments from the subject Ready, set, serve. Ready, set, serve. Ready is defined as being in a suitable state for an activity, action, or situation. To be fully prepared. It was at the age of 30 that Jesus began turning his attention towards what God had sent him to do. According to Jewish law, one could not begin public ministry before the age of 30. So this gives us insight on why Jesus waited until 30 years old before starting his public ministry. Jesus' preparation for ministry included his baptism in water, his relationship with the Father, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and his defeat of the devil and his temptation. Let us take a look at verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. So we are informed that Jesus traveled from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized. Did you know that the distance from Galilee to the Jordan River was approximately 60 miles? 
Can you imagine walking for 60 miles? An average comfortable walking speed is about 3.5 miles per hour. Using that pace, it would take just over 17 hours walking nonstop to travel 60 miles. That's a long time to walk. And of course, you would need to factor in breaks for using the bathroom and possibly eating, which would make it even longer. O-M-G. <laughs> for those who may not understand, I'll translate. Oh my Goodness, ios mios. <laughs> Did I say that right? <laughs> Jesus walked for 60 miles or so just to be baptized. That makes you look at that text a little differently. When you, when you do that research and you dig deep into it, it brings a little bit more substance to what you're actually reading. Because when we're reading it, we're like, okay, Jesus went from here to there. And we didn't think anything of it. But then when we start doing the calculation, 60 miles. Jesus was ready to be about his father's business. Jesus saw his life as the fulfillment of all righteousness, and he was ready to accomplish this through his baptism by John. The fact that Jesus wanted to participate in a baptism of repentance, even though he had no sin to repent of, shows that the righteousness he wanted to fulfill was the righteousness required not of himself, but of every sinful man. Jesus was prepared and ready for ministry. He prepared for 30 years, for three and a half years of significant ministry. Proper preparation is essential. Anything significant is preceded by intensive and thorough preparation, often done behind the scenes. Things just don't happen. In fact, the quality of the preparation determines the quality and success of events. A delicious meal requires hours in the kitchen when no one else is around. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> in enjoyable musical performance requires hours of practice and preparation. A superb sport performance demands hours of training and preparation. 
My little girl, she's, she's on the dance team. She's on volleyball team. And she has all of these practices. So after school from 3 to 5.30, on Monday is dance practice. Then on Tuesday, dance practice. And after dance practice is volleyball practice from 5 to 7. So we're running and juggling. Wednesday, dance practice. Thursday is volleyball practice and dance practice. 7 to 9, a lot. Just so they can get out there and do their best. So a lot of preparation. Get this one. A 15 to 20 minute sermon takes hours and hours of preparation. You have to get all that detail. Have to research. Well, how far? Did Jesus walk? And then how long did it take him? So how can I convert that into understandable, translatable knowledge? A doctor spends years studying before he or she ever takes the tools and begin to operate. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want someone saying, oh, I'm just out of medical school. I'm going to go... I'm going to operate on you. I just came up. Like, uh-uh. I don't think so. You need to go and practice as a resident, and then you need to become a fellow and be, you know, good at what you do before you cut me. <laughs> a significant ministry of high impact also requires the same intensity of preparation for this beautiful sanctuary to look like this took hours and volunteers to come and make it look the way it looks. And then on today, to take it all down, we need more volunteers to help to take down preparation. Amen. 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 The better the preparation, the more significant and lasting the impact. After you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is the time you need to prepare and ready yourself for ministry. So how does one prepare and be ready for ministry? First thing, you must understand your calling. How will you assist in fulfilling the mission of the church? This is God pressing his will upon your heart. It is the foundation of which you will operate in ministry. The call is what sustains you. Ministry will not always be fun and games and even spiritual success. It may not always be evident. There will be times when you will be challenged. There will be times when you will be frustrated. There will be times when you question, what is it you are truly doing? Focusing on God's call 
helps you see beyond the here and now and trust that his ultimate plan is at work. Never in a million years did I think I would be a pastor. Wasn't in the cards for me. That wasn't the call I was thinking. But God had something different. You know, I go back to years and years. I wanted to be this successful singing star from when I can remember being little. Always wanted to sing and be out there. And I said, you know what? I'll do this church stuff after I get my, my, my big following. And then I can convert all of them. What kind of thinking was I doing? <laughs> but God has something different. Never, never in a million years. Even when I was in seminary. Pastor was the furthest thing from my mind. I said, yes, God has called me to be an evangelist. I'll go here and there preaching the word of God. But my steps were orchestrated differently. And here I am. And I guarantee you, many pastors, that if you ask them, was that your call? A lot of them will say, that wasn't my desire, but this is what God wanted me to do. Amen. And God will tug on you and tug on you and tug on you until you get up and do whatever God has called you to do. That call, it causes you to rise above the circumstances with a sense of divine purpose, ready to serve and sacrifice for the sake of the kingdom. The other thing you must do is understand your gifts and abilities. God has called you, so God will equip you. You got to remember that. God has called you. God will equip you. So the first step is understanding what you can and cannot do, and then being okay with that. God has placed gifts and abilities in you at birth. You must be willing to develop your God-given gifts and abilities. And God can take you as you are and develop you to reach and even exceed your potential according to his will in your life. Amen. If you are unable to identify what your spiritual gift is, then you can take a spiritual gift test or assessment and discover where your gifts lie. Gifts lie. You can find a spiritual gift assessment on the United Methodist Church website, umc.org. And you can take the spiritual assessment to see where your gifts lie to help you determine what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, you may not even realize. Then you must understand where your strength comes from. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
So when Christ is your strength, you no longer have to depend on your own ability to get things done. When you depend on your own ability, you become subject to having your ministry, your objectives revolve around you and what you are able to accomplish. But when you depend on your own abilities, your ministry will be limited by your shortcomings and your inabilities. So understanding that Christ is your strength keeps the focus on God as well as stretches you to do things beyond your comfort zone for the purpose of ministry. Here I am, this introvert, shy, quiet, girl who is now standing behind the desk preaching to all of you. God had to develop me. I'm still an introvert. Some things are hard for me to do, but I have to push myself to do it. And that's weird, right? An introverted pastor. You should be able to Speak to everybody, have no, you know, have no issues and socialize and all of that great stuff. But those, how many of you are introverts? So y'all understand exactly where I'm coming from, right? It's hard to do some of those things that extroverts do. But with God, you can do it, and it will stretch you. So my brothers and sisters, are you ready? We are ready. Get set. (laughs) To be set means to be situated or fixed in a specific place or position. Just as Jesus came up out of the water, it was the perfect posture to receive the spirit of God, which descended like a dove and rested on him. And then a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. This messianic messianic event was a was a visible declaration about Jesus as the Messiah. The Holy Spirit anoints Jesus and empowers Jesus for his public ministry as the Messiah. Peter speaks about this anointing in Acts 10 and 38. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You see, Jesus and the Holy Spirit had a special relationship during during his ministry. And it began at Jesus' baptism and continued throughout his public ministry. It was for the purpose of equipping Jesus with the power necessary to complete his redemptive mission. When the word was made flesh, The human being, Jesus, was subject to all the limitations of humanity. The Holy Spirit was given to Jesus, like other men, in order to do miraculous works which the Father gave him to do. 
the Holy Spirit completes and perfects that plan through wondrous works and the revelation of the gospel. Just as Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit, so are we. Once you have readied yourself, you are now in the proper posture to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of ministry. The anointing of God enabled us to do what God has called us to do. This does not mean that you have to accept a certain calling or be anointed with oil by the pastor. But what it does mean is that you are willing to accept where, what God is leading you to do. So the purpose of the anointing is to enable. God gives us the authority to act on his behalf. With that comes our acceptance of our individual calling, our anointing for service that God has for us. You notice whenever I pray before I preach my sermon, I always pray, God, I pray for your anointing. So I'm asking God to give me power. Power that will destroy the yoke of bondage on God's people. God, that will give me the anointing that will make preaching easy, that will help me to walk and hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. Like you remember that Sunday when I just closed my laptop and it just began to talk. My husband can bear witness. I have never, ever closed my laptop. Never say never. (laughs) But that is allowing the Holy Spirit to take over and take control, to say those things that people need to hear. God knows every one of your needs. Sometimes people will come up to me and say, were you in my conversation last night? I was just talking about that. Oh, I felt like you were preaching right to me. That's because I allow the Holy Spirit to move through me and use me to bless you, to minister to you. Now, we know not everyone is called to preach or teach. Not everyone is called to sing or usher. However, there are multitudes of service that needs to be rendered for the kingdom of God. And God has people that he has anointed to fill every one of them. Ready, set, now serve. To serve means to be a servant, to give service. Peter stated in Acts 10 and 38 to say that Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So after Jesus's baptism, he heads out into the desert for 40 days to figure out what it means to be God's son. 
Jesus gives all of himself to God's people and as he takes his place among the hurting. Baptism was Jesus's commissioning to ministry. Ready, set, serve. Our baptism was not just the way we gave sign to our salvation. Our baptism was the start of our ministry in the world. Jesus rose up from his baptism and went straight to work on the ministry that would lead him to the cross. Baptism should be the same kind of force operating in our lives to lead us down the path that God has for us. Christian baptism commissions us to be Christ's witnesses as we too become empowered by the Holy Spirit. You are disciples of Christ. As Christ's disciples, you have been given authority to accomplish the things that God has set out to do. We walk, we talk, and we act on behalf of God and God's authority. We have been empowered. The power is flowing to and through us so we can do whatever we have been called to do. Our gifts are not given to us so that we can gain the praise of men. They are given so that we may serve others. So it is time. It is time for us to share the good news with the world, the message of love, the message of peace, the message of forgiveness, the message of Christ. Are you willing to share the message with your family, with your friends, with strangers on the street? Are you willing to invite others to worship with you? What are you willing to do to fulfill and utilize what God has placed in you? Baptism is the beginning of our ministry. It is the beginning of a life lived more for others than for ourselves. A vow to challenge the status quo and a commitment to share all that we have and all that we are, 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 are with in, to the hurting of this world. Ready, set, serve. We are called, you and I, We are called to be light in darkness. We are called to be salt to the wounded. We are called to be a friend to the friendless. We are called to be strength to the weak. God has called us to be all these things and more. And you know what? We can do it. Amen. 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 Ready, set, serve. I am ready to be about my father's business. I am ready to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. I am empowered. If you believe it, I want you to say, I am empowered. I am empowered. 
Yes, because the Bible tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So ready, set, serve. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved us. Ready, set, serve. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Ready, set, serve. Yes, the mission is before us, but God has our back. God is holding us up. God is guiding us on. If God be for us, who can be against us? For no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Baptism is not the end of a journey. Baptism tells us that our journey has begun. One that will take us through the rest of our life here and on to heaven. For God I live and for God I die. I am going to press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. What about you? Ready, set, serve. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time, oh God. Ready, set, serve. God, we thank you for letting us know that we must get ready We must have the proper posture, and then we must go out and serve. So, God, I pray that you would touch each and every one. God, let them be able to examine all of the gifts that you have instilled in them, oh God. Let them be able to find their purpose. Let them be able to find where in ministry do I fit in. And, God, let us rise up as a church and be great at doing ministry, completing your mission, making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. God, we believe that we are ready to do it. We believe that we can do it with your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Ready, set, serve.